G'day, it's Pete Tarling here from Arc Remote Coaching. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I'm doing one up today. And this one is going to be on resilience and mental toughness. Now, this was going to be a Sunday beers episode, but I figured it deserved more than two or three minutes. I, mean, I could probably speak about this topic for an hour, maybe six. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, a few weeks back, Craig asked about my thoughts on resilience and mental toughness. So here they are. The approach I'm taking is going to be one related to sports, performance and training. I'm also going to consider tactical athletes. Being a tactical athlete myself, um, having served in the army for over 16 years, two operational deployments to Afghanistan, and the fact we invest a lot into psychological training and conditioning in the military. It may not seem like that to a lot of people, but I think we actually do a pretty good job. So resilience is an important quality, as opposed to just anecdotally telling you what I think. I'll discuss what the science says. Being a good exercise and sports science student, Busted out my sixth edition of the Foundations of Sport and Exercise Psychology by Weinberg and Gould. Now, in their textbook, which was one of the psychology subjects I had to do in my degree, they take an approach of defining what mental toughness is. Uh, in a nutshell, looking at a few studies, they bring it back to four critical constructs in a 4C model. That's C for Charlie. The first C is control. So handling many things at once, remaining influential rather than controlled. Commitment, which is being deeply involved with pursuing goals despite difficulties. The third C is challenge. So perceiving potential threats as opportunities for personal growth and thriving in constantly changing environments. And lastly, confidence, which is maintaining belief in self despite setbacks. Now those four C's provide a really good framework for mental toughness. And whilst I think sports psychology and performance psychology is important for training, it's not something that in my own training I've reflected on and deliberately invested in. I think that these qualities might be inherent. Additionally, I think it comes down to attitude. So if you have the right attitude for training, you will in turn develop those qualities or whatever the required qualities are of a different model. I think when it comes to resilience or mental toughness, we think the best way to do it is just to expose people to high pressure and high stress. And that's really, and that sort of fits in pretty well with general adaptation syndrome or the stress recovery adaptation model, which is, they're all pretty much the same thing. Now, in these models for training, the idea is you expose someone to a specific stress, their performance drops, 
following that stress, after a period of time of recovery, their performance levels actually improve and increase and are able to tolerate more of that stress. It's a pretty simple way to view training. It's ultimately what we're doing when you're doing a bench press, squat, snatch, clean and jerk. The stress is you doing the actual session or the lifts. You don't get stronger in the session by doing the lifts. You get stronger by doing them and doing them and doing them time and time again. Then sometime later you can do them with more weight. Potentially it's the same with stress. If you're exposed to more stress than what you're used to, and by used to I mean what you normally tolerate. And I don't mean you know stressing people out crazily, but more stress than what the norm is or the status quo. And that's sort of what homeostasis is. It's the state of balance we're in. We disturb that balance a little bit. And once we've returned from that disturbance, we're prepared to tolerate a bit more disturbance in future bouts. I think though, we like to use hard physical training, especially in the military, as a means to try and induce psychological training. Whether that's effective or not, I'm not actually sure. And by effective, I mean in a cause and effect point of view. So, you know, does exposing people to physical pain or discomfort repeatedly make them capable of dealing with other situations which might be high stress? I don't know. I think looking at my own psychology and mental health, my attitude to training has probably been a larger driving factor in developing mental toughness and resilience. So as opposed to trying to punish myself with training because I think it's good for mental toughness to go through pain, whether physical or psychological, my attitude to training is very different. And I realized this pretty recently that I'm emotionally detached from my training. I wasn't always emotionally detached from my training, but I am now. What I mean by that is it's not that I have no emotion and training sessions aren't, you know, indifferent to me. In the moment, it may not be the case, but I try and weightlifting. And by weightlifting, I mean the sport of weightlifting. The one that's done at the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. Not bicep curls, not bodybuilding, not that shit. Not that there's, a, not that there's anything wrong with bodybuilding or training for aesthetics, but the sport of weightlifting, which is the snatch and the clean and jerk, is a particularly tough sport. The reason why it's tough isn't because the weights are heavy. That's one part of it. You need strength to be a good weightlifter and training weightlifting develops strength. But you can't just be strong to be a good weightlifter. You have to also develop speed. Strength and speed together allow you to develop power. But you also need mobility, stability, flexibility, balance, timing, rhythm. The lifts being the snatch and the clean and the jerk have a really high technical basis to them. You can be strong as shit, but if you can't move a barbell the right way, you won't be able to demonstrate that strength. I personally find the snatch the most unforgiving lift there is. I'm strong enough to throw a weight that's heavier than my own body weight overhead, but I have to catch it effectively into an overhead squat. Balance the bar and then come out of an overhead squat. 
And if one thing's off, I won't get that lift. The slightest thing wrong with balance in my foot position, in how I shift my center of gravity, in how my shoulders are feeling on the day, how my hips are feeling on the day, might mean I can't actually hit a good lift. And this happens to me every week. So every Saturday is a heavy single day. I work up to a heavy single snatch, a heavy single clean and jerk, usually a heavy single back squat. My performance level on each Saturday varies. So if I'm having a good day, I'll, I'll do really well on snatches and clean and jerks. Some days my snatches will suck and I won't be able to get 90% overhead, but my clean and jerks will be on fire. And this happened to me a few weeks ago. My snatches were just shithouse, and I mean shithouse. My back was feeling tight, I didn't get the best night's sleep, and I didn't think I was gonna do uh, that well in the session, but it is what it is. So I worked up, hit my snatches, they went to shit, and then I went, well, it's time for clean and jerks. And then what happened? I fucking PR'd my clean and jerk, and I was happy. I was happy because I'd improved in a lift, you know, clean and jerks have a large technical basis. There's two parts to it. You have to clean the bar first, which is taking it from the floor to your shoulder in one smooth movement. And then once you've done that, you have to throw that barbell overhead. And it goes without saying that you can clean and jerk more than what you can snatch. But out of nowhere, I PR'd my clean and jerk when I thought I was having a bad day, or I thought my performance level was poor because my snatches were shit, but I had a good clean and jerk day. But that's what weightlifting's like, because it's not just how strong you are, and it's not about being able to demonstrate high performance every time you train. It's actually quite the opposite. You know, sport requires you to be committed. You have to refine and improve a whole bunch of technical and minor things in each lift. You have to work on mobility, which sucks. You have to work on speed and timing. You also have to develop leg strength and being strong won't get the bar overhead every day of the week. You need a large amount of technical skill combined with strength to be able to execute the lift successfully. And because of that, weightlifting takes a long time to actually progress. The lifts are hard to learn. So unlike uh, powerlifting, which I love as well as a strength sport, I used to coach at Ironclad Powerlifting in Townsville, loved it. But you could relatively quickly take someone with no exposure to powerlifting and teach them how to squat bench press and deadlift to a suitable standard if they had some experience in strength training or bodybuilding or you know just sort of general training in the gym it was even quicker you could get someone in a few weeks ready for their first powerlifting competition it was magnificent and that's what we had people that joined our club came from various backgrounds some people were just into strength training some people were crossfitters some people were sort of looking at bodybuilding you know, just sort of normal gym goers, and we got them in a state where they could do powerlifting pretty quickly. It comes to weightlifting though, fuck me, it's far more unforgiving. You can't take someone with no exposure to the snatch or clean and jerk, and in you know three to five sessions have them at a level where they can perform the lifts at a suitable level, where one they're able to do it autonomously, and two where they get where they're able to do it at a standard that they're actually going to get good lifts in competition. I'm not saying that there's no technical aspects to powerlifting, there is, and something I really like about powerlifting is how much effort is invested into the squat, bench, and deadlift, and actually making sure the setup, you know, the walkout, the timing is done. But the lifts and weightlifting are inherently more complex. They require more physical attributes, and they are harder to learn.
And on top of them, if you're a weightlifter, you just don't do snatch and clean and jerk. They're the main lifts, which are the sort of the technical parts of the sport. You still have to do a whole bunch of pull variations, a whole bunch of squatting, and a whole bunch of accessory work to let you do the snatch and clean and jerk to any half decent standard. But through weightlifting, I've found my greatest improvement in mental toughness and resilience with training. But by having a degree of emotional detachment from training, I'm able to persevere. I'm able to recognize when, for example, that day that I PR'd my clean and jerk, that I was having a shit snatch day and just go, that's okay. I do what I have to do. I move in the next lift and I get it done. And then suddenly out of nowhere, I reassess the situation, clean and jerks are feeling straight fire. So I push it. And you can apply this to all training. Doesn't matter if you do weightlifting or not. And it's the attitude you take towards training that I think is more important than the investment you make in trying to develop mental toughness or resilience for training. Your attitude is what really sets you up for success or failure. And at times you need to control certain aspects of your attitude and your behaviors that might seem counterintuitive. Spoken to a lot of people and probably the most common cause of failure I see in any strength training regime or any fitness regime in general is consistency. People are inconsistent. Furthermore, they lack discipline. And they actually don't know what fucking discipline even is. People think discipline is being hard on yourself. They think it's punishing yourself because that's where the rewards are made. It's like, oh, I didn't follow my diet. I'm a piece of shit. I'm not going to run for 10 minutes today. I'm going to run for 30 to try and make up for it as punishment. Like, that's just fucking stupid. Or they go sort of the opposite and reward good work. And that's in, in inverted commas. But some sort of reward like, oh, I trained really hard today, so I'm going to eat all the fucking donuts. And it's like, that is also stupid. It's not stupid for thinking that. It's just a flaw in their attitude and their behaviors towards training. So I think to develop mental toughness or resilience for training, you need to change your attitude towards training. And you need to become more indifferent and emotionally detached from the actual training itself. That's really hard to do. I didn't do it overnight. It took me a number of years to work that out. And actually, I didn't even work it out. It just sort of came about. And I realized that when I was trying to help one of my clients out. And it's this guy and he's really keen to, you know, test a certain physical capacity he has. And he tested it about two weeks ago. But he's about to go away and he was unhappy with his results. And he figures that it'd be a good move to test it again two weeks later. But there's an expectation there. He thinks he's going to automatically do better. With my training, that's not the case. 
I know there are going to be days when I can barely snatch 90% of my best or clean and jerk 90%. It actually happened more frequently than I'd like to admit, but they're just sort of part of the, the whole experience of training. It's not about seeking reward. It's not about obtaining instantaneous results or every session being, you know, the best experience of your fucking life because it's not. Training is about work ethic, commitment, dedication, and consistency. Discipline underpins all of this. And discipline, like I said, isn't punishment. It's not, oh no, I ate a donut today. I now have to work extra hard and run further or lift more weights as a punishment for my bad behavior. That's not setting yourself up for success. I drink craft beer. I drink craft beer every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night that I can. I typically don't drink beer during the week. However, I have some days that are just fucking shit house and I need to have a beer. Or there's some sort of social event and I've got a chance to have a beer with a couple more mates on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Now, I don't always go crazy, but sometimes for the greater good, it's like, you know what? I will have a beer. And even though I'm trying to you know, improve my physical capacity here and there, I'm trying to get better at snatching and clean and jerking, and I know that alcohol is gonna decrease my performance. And I'm also cutting weight, uh, which I do from time to time. It's just a deviation from the plan. I don't then try and compensate for it by making up for this small infraction because that's not what discipline is. Discipline's following my program. Discipline is following my nutrition plan and trying to be as consistent as I can. And if I deviate from the course a little bit, that's okay. I just get back on course and move forward. I don't have you know, an emotional episode when I go to hit a heavy but nowhere near my 1RM back squat and I fucking can't and it nearly kills me. Right, whatever, that's just how life is. You have good days and you have bad days. I don't try and punish myself physically as a way to develop more mental resilience or toughness. But I look at training for the long-term trends. And that's something I didn't sort of do when I first started. I was fixated on the improvements I was making in the short term and I wanted to sustain them for as long as possible. You know, when you go from benching 40 kilos one week to 45 the next and then 50 the next, you're like, holy shit, I'm on a roll. I'm going to add five kilos to my bench press uh, every week at this rate. And I've been training for two weeks. Uh, for six more weeks, that's going to be another 30 kilos. So I'll be benching 80 for three sets of 10 after eight weeks. That didn't fucking happen. And then, you know, I was like, oh shit, this bullshit of uh, I've plateaued, I've stagnated. And I just kept trying to push and push to get this arbitrary number, which didn't mean anything. And it didn't happen. I did end up benching 81 day, but it didn't happen when I thought it would. And it's because I didn't understand what training was. I saw the improvements every session and figured that we're going to keep going that way. But they don't. Training's a long-term process. And that long-term process requires resilience and mental toughness. It means being disciplined. 
And by being disciplined, it means holding yourself to account. Following through with things you plan to do. But it also means being reasonable. It also means not doing drastic changes. Taking a disciplined approach to introducing training and nutrition changes to your lifestyle. So don't go from training zero times per week and eating shit every day to I'm going to go super healthy overnight and it's going to be fucking exciting. That's not going to work. It's a really ill-disciplined and irresponsible approach to health or fitness. Being disciplined is about being reasonable and knowing what you're capable of, factoring in your current lifestyle and making small changes, then sticking to those changes. If you're going to train once per week, that's fucking fine. Just train once per week. And once you've done that for two to three months consistently, how do I know what consistent is? Let's just call it 80%. Let's just say you do something 80% of the time, you're being consistent. That's a good rule of thumb. That's a start point. And from that start point and success, build with a little bit more success. Maybe then you go, hey, I'm gonna try and train two times a week for the next three months. And you do that. Then if you're successful, and if you actually achieve your desired goal of increasing your training frequency, then and only then do you go, hey, I'm now gonna try and train three times per week. You try and earn the right. You just don't assume that because you want something that it's gonna happen. That is being disciplined. It's being reasonable. It's knowing your limitations and tackling your problems in small chunks. Drastic changes are exciting. You can get really motivated and inspirational. You can follow some fitness lifestyle bullshit on Instagram and Facebook, but they're false. People fail. Diets have a 95% failure rate. And by that I mean diets you buy of some fucking company like Jenny Craig or some other Instagram influencer. And why do they have a 95% failure rate? Because they're drastic changes. Why do these companies still make money? Because people keep buying them. There's no long-term success. There is for a few. But people will keep trying and they'll just keep yo-yoing. They lack mental toughness. They lack resilience. They lack discipline. They lack consistency. They have the wrong attitude and behaviors towards health and fitness. Sounds pretty depressing. I'm a pretty depressing person. No, not really. But the solution is simple. If you want to develop mental toughness and resilience with training, don't try and go all in and try and do the hardest training you can. Take the opposite approach. Dip your toe in the water. Expose yourself to a small amount of stress that's actually sustainable. Look at what you can control and what you can't control. Choose one thing. Handle one change and do that consistently. When you've done that for a period of time and six weeks is a pretty good rule of thumb because that six weeks is when everyone pretty much loses their attention and fails. So maybe do three months. Do something for three months. Hold yourself to account because you're responsible for your own health and fitness outcomes. And once you've done something for three months, then and only then, try something else.
add another problem to deal with. Going back to our four C's, number two is commitment, of course, and perseverance. So we might want something that's out of our control. We want, might want something that's grand and know that it's not gonna happen overnight. My body weight, for example, has fluctuated in excess of 20 kilograms in the past 10 years, up and down. I've deliberately gained weight. I've deliberately lost weight. I've accidentally gained weight, but I've never accidentally lost weight. Back in 2012, I think, I busted my ass. I was trying to get to 100 kilograms of all things. And uh, I was eating and I was training four times a week, you know, sort of in this transition period of my life when training was becoming more important, I was starting to develop some more knowledge and I knew that, well, I thought that I was just trying to bulk up. If I was bulky, I'd be stronger. Also, man, I couldn't run that far and doing chin-ups were the hardest things in the world. But I just wanted to weigh 100 kilos. I got stuck at 98 or 99 kilograms and so on. And I'm like, all right, that was fun. Time to cut down to the low 80s. <laughs> that was a lot harder than what I thought it was going to be. But I got there. I tried a few different things and I was fixated on supplements and diets and shit. But then I realized that I just had to eat less food. I had to drink less beer. At the time I was drinking a lot of gin and tonics. I had to drink less gin and tonics. These things paid off. And it took a long time. I didn't go from, you know, 83 kilos to 98 overnight. So I wasn't going to lose that weight overnight either. It was going to take me as long, if not longer, to lose that weight. The thing that actually let me do it, though, was a change in my attitude. Once my attitude changed, I was able to control and manipulate my body weight by using discipline and not being disciplined by reducing my calories to some ridiculous level, just simply eliminating a little bit of food here and there, doing it consistently. And then over time when I saw change, I'd maintain that until it stopped working. Then I'd find the next thing to reduce. And again, and again, and again. Challenges is probably the thing that comes to mind the most when we talk about mental resilience, so dealing with stressful or crazy situations, and I think it comes down to composure. How composed can you be? And I'm not asking you to be an indifferent stoic when it comes to training and not care about training. It's just not be emotionally involved in an actual session or an individual lift. Or if you are and you have a reaction, being able to let it go. I get frustrated when I go to snatch 89 kilos and I can't. But 10 seconds later, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. I'm so close. I've got underneath 89 kilos 100 times. Not really 100 times, maybe five or six times. Once I uh, did it a whole bunch of times in a row in a single session. Just a few things were off. But it doesn't set me back. I remain composed and really committed to beating that challenge. And it's going to come. It's going to come with time. And that sort of ties into the last C of confidence, which is self-belief and positivity, maybe. But having self-belief, I think that's important. And it's belief in not just what you can do, but it's probably better belief that you're on the right track 
and you're going to achieve your goals. So I believe I'm going to snatch 89 kilos and then 90 and then one day it's going to be 100. And setbacks don't psychologically set me back. It's just like a journey. It's just like, I don't know, an adventure. You know where you are. You've got a destination. You plan out what you think's the quickest route to get there, but then shit happens. And you just have to get back on track. And as long as you're getting closer, then that's fine. Getting closer doesn't always mean moving closer towards the objective. Sometimes it means gaining more knowledge, developing other skills, and you get that through being committed. That helps to actually develop confidence. And by not being so emotionally involved in training, not punishing yourself, and just developing good behaviors and habits, you actually start to progress. And you start to realize the scale of progression is a lot slower than what you thought it would be. But then sometimes shit just lines up and it happens. You might have busted your ass trying to do a lift a hundred times and miss it. And then one day you get it. And it's just a simple reminder that, yeah, what you're doing is right. Keep at it. So that's my sort of thoughts on resilience and mental toughness. I don't think punishment is a good way to approach it. I think people misunderstand what discipline actually means. They have a perception that discipline is about punishment and being tough and hard. But in reality, it's about being consistent, sticking to your program, not adding more weight because you think it's light, earning the right to progress, being in control, being committed, accepting and dealing with challenges as they present, and maintaining confidence. Anyway, that wraps up our podcast. If you don't already, please check out Arc Remote Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, head on over to our website, arcremotecoaching.com. Anyway, keep it real, train smart, be patient.